0: Ordinary times, and they are certainly extraordinary days. Today's text is perhaps one of my favorite texts in the whole First Testament. Certainly one of my favorite psalms uh, in the psalmist. Psalm 1, and it's uh, given to us via the lectionary I have entitled this, Water and Wind. As we begin this morning, I'd like for you to think about what is the most, or where is the most, spiritually renewing and replenishing place that you like to visit. That one place that just nourishes your soul, quiets your heart, reduces the heart rate. The anxieties begin to melt. Time fades away and becomes timeless. And every once in a while when we're sprinkled with the grace of God and the Holy Spirit, heaven and earth, the distinction between the two, becomes thin. And it melts away. For me, those places usually involve water. Not the kind you drink, although that's life too. But it's a big ocean. Could be a lake. Could be a river. It's definitely accompanied by sounds. Even if it's a creek, I can, just, I can still hear creeks, the water on a creek making its way through the rock down a rapid place. I'm reminded that really water in those places is a, is a reminder of my own baptism. Cleansing, refreshing, soothing on a hot day. Life is bigger than myself. I am in God's hands. More often than not, if I visit one of these locations, sooner or later, especially rivers and creeks and lakes, I'm going to meander and come across a tree that's been planted by that body of water, even the larger oceans. And somewhere near the shoreline, there will be a tree with its root system exposed because of the erosion of the water. Those are my favorite images, trees with roots exposed by bodies of water. I don't know why that is. It's just refreshing to me. I also like the roots when they're exposed because it it lets me know and it reminds me of things that I can't normally see. The strength of a tree is not the beauty that we see above the ground. It's in the root system embedded below the ground. It's usually craggly. Searching. Organic interconnectedness. That's what makes the tree grow healthy and strong able to withstand anything that comes its way above the soil. Like a pounding, torrential, hardcore wind. Maybe a heavy wind in the Pacific Northwest or a thunderstorm in the Midwest. Certainly locally, our Santa Ana winds that I've come to learn about over the last nearly seven years. A few weeks ago, Don and I were in uh, northern Arizona for a long getaway weekend, and we stayed at a place called Christopher Creek, and sure enough, there was just such a tree as we were walking down this creek together. I was reveling in the moment, looking down at the creek, listening to the birds, and the water rush through the rocks, and there was a tree with its roots exposed. Ah! <sighs> my favorite place. Had nothing to do with the golf course. Had nothing to do with some of the other things that I'm really into. It's just these locations that quiet my soul and let me know that God is here. I still today am kicking myself for not taking a photograph of that to show you on the screen behind me. Sorry, my bad, it just didn't get done. Probably because taking a photograph of it was the last thing in my mind. I wanted to stay in the moment. Didn't want to be so worried about taking a picture. I forgot to feel the reality and presence of God. This morning, one such image is found in our text, and it may help us go a long way. Psalm chapter 1. Because it's another place for hope. It's another place for refreshment. It's another place for rejuvenation. Because in the Psalms, the poets, the poems, provide for us a convergence of emotion and pain and sorrow and lament and joy and gratitude. And we see it symbolized through this image of a tree planted firmly by streams of rushing water. Let me read Psalm chapter 1. Blessed, some versions may say, happy. I was both blessed and happy a few weeks ago. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers but whose delight is on the law of the Lord and who meditates on His law, God's law, day and night. Here's the image. That person, that person is like a tree planted firmly by streams of water who yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, whatever they do, they prosper. Not so the wicked. They're like chaff that the wind blows away. And we know about chaff and blow, winds that blow away chaff in Southern California. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. Because they're trees, they're like trees planted firmly by streams of water. But the way of the wicked leads to destruction. My friends, the reading of God's Word. Thanks be to God. The Psalms are a wonderful place to visit regularly, if not daily, in our own lives. It's really called the Prayer Book of the Bible. It's poetry, it's instruction. It's wisdom for a meaningful life. It's correction when we fall. It's advice when we're bewildered. It's encouragement when we're feeling down. It's wisdom for a life lived well. You see, in Psalm 1, there's no ambiguity here. What's powerful about Psalm 1 is no ambiguity. Two roads to follow. One way leads to life. The other way leads to death. Pretty much just that simple. Choose one route or choose the other. And even choosing is not choosing. Follow the way of the righteous. Be like a tree planted firmly by streams of water. Where your roots grow deep. Or choose the way of the wicked who plot, who scheme, who ridicule, who, who mock, who use vile language and vitriolic language to demonize the other. That's the way of the wicked. You know, there's a, there's a car commercial. I've been watching a lot of TV lately. So have you, I suppose. And let's not talk about that Dodger game last night. I think this commercial is a car commercial featuring the voiceover of Matthew McConaughey. Kind of reminds me of this, but in a negative fashion. And it's a paraphrase. I I can't remember his exact language, but you'll know it when you hear it. He says, it's hard to figure out who you are today. But start by figuring out who you're not. And then you'll figure out who you are. I kind of like that as a little negative. It actually works with the text because the text starts negative. This text starts with words that say, do not be like the wicked. Essentially saying, I'm the writer. I'm going to assume everybody's going to choose that route unless I can convince them to go a different way. I think a more positive way for Michael McCona- Matthew McConaughey to talk about that one question about how to figure out who you are goes something like this. Figure out who you are because it will determine who you are not. In other words, take the road of the water and wind, and the, sorry, the road of the water and the tree and the way of life not the way of the wicked and the chaff and the heavy winds that blow us away towards certain death. Two roads the psalmist gives us. Pick one. No ambiguity. I think there are two options out of this text that help us navigate the complexities of life. Option one, the way of the water, the way of the water. Water that nourishes, cleanses, refreshes, gives even the body, the human body, life. Blessed are those, happy are those. Lucky bums, Karl Bart, are those who choose the way of love. Their life will flourish, the psalmist, the poet says. In everything they do, they give life. Their whole existence brings others a twinkling in the eye. So choose this way of the water, the way of love. When we walk hand in hand with, interestingly enough, justice is a better translation than the way of the righteous. The way of the righteous are the ones who bring justice. And we give life. We bring life. We're life givers. We love all people to life. When we walk hand in hand with justice and kindness and mercy and compassion. That's why at PPC, we have these kind of cool new lawn signs that you can put up that are a different politic. Apolitical, so to speak. It's not a sign that's asking you to vote for somebody that's a red candidate or a candidate that's a blue candidate. We're asking folks and ourselves to walk in the realm of God where heaven and earth converge. Can you see this? Do justice, love kindness, walk humbly, ppc.church. All are welcome here. Just like our membership vows, our promises, and our commitments. You can actually get one of these signs for yourself. I got it done, and I have a spot. I'm going to bring it home, and it's going to be so people can drive by and see it. And I can see it from the inside because it's on both sides. Spare no expense. How cool of an option for us in the world where we've got all kinds of lawn signs right now, and here's an option for the realm of God. <laughs> People who say, hey, you know what? Our faith isn't in presidents and politics and pontiffs or Putin. Our faith is in the one we sang about earlier, Holy is the Lord God Almighty. So you can call the office and chat it up with Barb and figure out a way. Because the church of Jesus Christ offers another way to be human. It runs slant and contrary to the ways of the wicked and the politics of the day. It puts church polity over, over the world's politics. Because that's the way of love. That's the way of a tree planted firmly by streams of water. What I find fascinating about the law of love... Is it takes time. It takes time to deconstruct from the ways of the world to be transformed more faithfully and fully to the ways of the love of God and the Beatitudes and the fruit of the Spirit. It's a process. And sometimes we need to go to the shores. To be molded by the hand of the potter and spend the time that transformation takes. The law of love is based on those who meditate on, interestingly enough, in the English translation, it's the law of the Lord. Now let's unpack this a little bit because. Most people today politically want to take the rule of law and make it a hammer or a bat that we hit people with. Not so in the reading of Psalm 1. Subtle, nuanced, definitional change, but it's profoundly important for those who actually want to live like a tree planted firmly by streams of water and live in the way of love and do justice and love kindness and walk humbly with God. You see, the law in the psalmist, the law in the entire Old Testament and New Testament is not the rule of law that we use to keep people in order in line. It's broader than that. The Torah is the wide, big picture forest of good instruction. It's not just the Word of God. It's the unpacking of the Word of God as it relates in a way that is doing justice and loving kindness and walking humbly with God in our current context. It's the notion and recognition that all truth is God's truth wherever all that truth comes from. (laughs) Certainly it begins with the Word of God. But it's more like a parent putting a hand on a daughter or a grandson and carefully guiding them, lovingly guiding them, humbly guiding them to love and kindness and compassion and empathy and justice. You see the difference? There's the hard law and rule of love Politics are about that. There's the soft, humble, gracious soil of the realm of God love that is humble. It cultivates, it walks alongside with, it goes shoulder to shoulder with. Same words, radically different context and nuancing. Of the words that we use today powerful message from the psalmist so when the writer of the poem talks about the law of God and meditating on it day and night it's this notion that all instruction all truth is God's truth doesn't matter where it comes from starts in the scriptures we learn about it in the in the first five books of the of the Bible, the prophets, the wisdom literature, Jesus, Paul, other biblical writers, Dorothy Sayers, Martin Luther King Jr., Gandhi, Mother Teresa, Rumi, perhaps other spiritual writers from other traditions. You see, these folks choose justice and what is righteous. And all these people, all these instructions are symbolized by folks <laughs> who are like a tree planted firmly by a stream of water. Verse 3 is the center of the poet. It should be underlined. Underline verse 3 if you have your Bibles. What does a tree planted by a stream of water look like? Anybody see the movie Invictus? Have you seen the movie Invictus? Gotta check out, it's gotta be streaming somewhere. I don't know how many streaming channels there are. There's more than I can subscribe to or want to. Find the movie Invictus. Put it on your list. It's the story of Nelson Mandela. A man who overcame hate. Hate for his enemy, he transformed all of his spiritual and mental energy into forgiveness and gratitude and grace. He lived in the way of loving. He lived into the way of water. He lived into a tree planted firmly by streams of water. And his roots went deeper than hate and oppression of white South African Afrikaners. His forgiveness was so powerful that he brought the broken and polarized country of South Africa together for a moment through a rugby team of all things only because he was able to set aside his hurt and oppression as a black man in white South Africa. He laid down deep-seated resentments, justifiably so. And he became more powerful as a leader. My friends, certainly, certainly, this is the instruction that comes from the wisdom of the psalmist who writes in Psalm 1. God was a part of that radical transformation. So that's one way we live our life. The way of the water. The way of love. The way of the realm of God. Am I preaching to the choir? Probably not. Because I can tell you almost every day this week, this text has come to my mind when in my head, I didn't have something nice to say about something. And more specifically, someone. Especially that guy that cut me off. Things like that drive me crazy. Well, there's another way to live life. It's option two, and it's called the way of the wind. The way of the wind. That's the way of the wicked, the sinners, and the scoffers. Those are the ridiculers. Those are the ones who are the cynics and the snarks and the sarcastic ones who have nothing good to say about anyone. There's a lot of people like that in the world, and quite a few sit in the rows of our churches too. That's why the rubber meets the road in texts like this. It truly is the work of God to control the tongue of any human being in the moment. What's their life like? Oh, it dries up. They get choked out by rigid rule of law and dogma and law for the sake of law. They dry up. In their appeals to the past, because the imagination is stunted and chained to the past, so much so it's more nostalgia than what really happened. They dry up because love now has conditions. If this doesn't happen, I'm gone. If this doesn't make the top three, well, I got a bad attitude. You know what I'm saying? I do because. I've done a fearful inventory of myself. And I live in these places, too. So I'm preaching to myself today. It also includes love that's very conditional, which is really no love at all. It's just power through strength, my way or highway. I know this is a little dark but this is the psalmist opening up the psalms in psalm 1 hey hey friends the way of love the way of the wind the way of the water <laughs> the way of the chaff the way of life the way of death only two options no ambiguity stand at the crossroads jeremiah look for the ancient wisdom Choose for yourself this day whom you will choose, Joshua, and follow that path. The way of the wind ends in death with no voice. They've marginalized themselves out. Most people hear enough of that and turn off the channel. And it's symbolized in our text By being blown away in the wind. Now I know what you're saying. Hey, Pastor Tobin. Come on, man. You're giving me an either-or message. We don't live in an either-or message. We don't live in an either-or world. That's true. The psalmist knows that. Because the rest of the psalms are ways in which God's people deal with the either this way, way of water, or either this way, way of wind. And the complexities and the nuancing of that. So how do we choose the right path? How do we make that either-or choice in a both-and world? Especially when every day we're asking these kind of questions. Hey, why, hey God, why did that just happen? Hey God, how long do we have to sit in a stand with none of our friends here? How long is this going to go for? Why did this have to happen? When are you going to show up? What's the reason for all this? Why? How? When? What? The list of questions we ask is long. More often than not, our either or Choosing doesn't help us answer those questions. But the psalmist wrestles with them through the remainder of the psalms. That's why it's so powerful and vulnerable. I want to be about the way of the water. If this person's driving me crazy and deserves a little bit of wind, and it might be my personal responsibility to give some wind to them. (laughs) Or I just can't take it anymore. It's driving me nuts. What do I do? Where are you in that death? Undeserved, untimely, and too young. Where are you, God, in the face of a pandemic? Well, a tree grows strong because its roots are exposed to a never-ending flow of water. Yet the chaff dries up from the sun. And a hard heart and gets blown away. It's not an easy choice. And there will be temptations to fluctuate between the two. Welcome to the human race. But the psalmist sets the agenda. Either water or wind. I get the fact that it's messy in the middle but decide who we are first doesn't make this any less difficult because as a friend once told me profoundly difficult things are difficult hard things are hard but the way of the water makes hard things being hard a little bit less lonely. And all the way through, the psalmist come to realize that primal truth. So friends, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Right? Joshua. Another great text. The way of the water symbolized by a tree whose roots grow deep, who brings life and a smile and justice and kindness and humility to all, or choose the way of the wind, the rule of the law, the chaff that it becomes, the hardness that it creates, the vitriol that ensues, the anger that festers, The death that it brings. There's nothing long-term about that. The dust, when we go to ashes to ashes and dust to dust. eh. (sighs) It just gets blown away. There's no redeeming legacy. As for me and myself, as imperfect as perfectly imperfect as I am, (laughs) I choose water. I hope you do too. Simply because it's a matter of life and death. And that's the business of the realm of God. Let's pray. Loving and holy God, forgive us when our absolutisms get in the way. Humility is elastic, grace is permeable, love expands, forgiveness makes room. May we love all people to life in Jesus the Christ, empowered by the Spirit in a way that God, Creator, brings you profound glory. Continue to drive the tent pegs of discipleship deep until we celebrate with you our renewed spiritual experience with all things truly set at your feet. May that be our faith, hope, and love. May we do justice, love, kindness, and always walk humbly with you. You're strong, forgiving name we pray.